Chapter Twenty Six, Part Two of the Betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Betrothed by Alessandro Manzoni. Chapter Twenty Six, Part Two the cardinal was himself just starting for another parish when the curate of that in which the castle of the unnamed was situated arrived and requested to speak to him on being admitted he presented a packet and a letter from that nobleman wherein he besought federigo to prevail upon lucia's mother to accept a hundred scudi of gold which were contained in the parcel to serve either as a dowry for the young girl or for any other use which the two women might deem more suitable requesting him at the same time to tell them that if ever on any occasion they thought he could render them any service the poor girl knew too well where he lived and that for him this would be one of the most desirable events that could happen the cardinal immediately sent for agnes who listened with equal pleasure and amazement to the courteous message and suffered the packet to be put into her hand without much scrupulous ceremony may god reward the signor for it said she and will your illustrious lordship thank him very kindly and don't say a word about it to anybody because this is a kind of country excuse me sir i know very well that a gentleman like you won't chatter about these things but you understand me home she went as quickly as possible shut herself up in her room unwrapped the parcel and however prepared by anticipation beheld with astonishment so many of those coins altogether and all her own of which she had perhaps never seen more than one at once before and that but seldom she counted them over and then had some trouble in putting them together again and making the whole hundred stand up upon their edges for every now and then they would jut out and slide from under her inexpert fingers at length however she succeeded in rolling them up after a fashion put them in a handkerchief so as to make quite a large parcel and wrapping a piece of cord several times round it went and tucked it into a corner of her straw mattress the rest of the day was spent in castle building devising plans for the future and longing for the morrow after going to bed she lay for a long time awake with the thought of the hundred scudi she had beneath her to keep her company and when asleep she saw them in her dreams by break of day she arose and set off in good time towards the villa where her daughter was residing though lucia's extreme reluctance to speak of her vow was in no degree diminished she had on her part resolved to force herself to open her mind to her mother in this interview as it would be the last they should have for a long time scarcely were they left alone when agnes with a look full of animation and at the same time in a suppressed tone of voice 
as if there were someone present who she was afraid would hear began i've a grand thing to tell you and proceeded to relate her unexpected good fortune god bless this signor said lucia now you have enough to be well off yourself and you can also do good to others why replied agnes don't you see how many things we may do with so much money listen i have nobody but you but you too i may say for for the time that he began to address you i've always considered renzo as my son the whole depends upon whether any misfortune has happened to him seeing he gives no sign of being alive but oh surely all won't go ill with us we'll hope not we'll hope not for me i should have liked to lay my bones in my native country but now that you can't be there thanks to that villain and when i remember that he is near even my country has become hateful to me and with you too i can be happy anywhere i was always inclined to go with you both to the very end of the world and have ever been in readiness but how could we do it without money do you understand now the little sum that the poor fellow had been scarcely able to lay by with all his frugality justice came and cleared it away but the lord has sent us a fortune to make up for it well when he has found a way of letting us know that he is alive where he is and what are his intentions i'll come to milan and fetch you i i'll come myself once upon a time i should have thought twice about such a thing but misfortune makes one experienced and independent i've gone as far as monza and know what it is to travel i'll bring with me a proper companion a relation as i may say alessio of magianico for to say the truth a fit person isn't to be found in the country at all i'll come with him we'll pay the expense and do you understand but perceiving that instead of cheering up lucia became more and more dejected and only exhibited emotion unmixed with pleasure she stopped abruptly in the midst of her speech and said but what's the matter with you don't you see it poor mamma exclaimed lucia throwing her arm around her neck and burying her weeping face in her bosom what is the matter again asked her mother anxiously i ought to have told you at first said lucia raising her head and composing herself but i never had the heart to do it pity me but tell me then now i can no longer be that poor fellow's wife why why with a head hung down a beating heart and tears rolling down her cheeks like one who relates something which though a misfortune is unalterable lucia disclosed her vow and at the same time clasping her hands again besought her mother's forgiveness for having hitherto concealed it from her she implored her not to speak of such a thing to any living being and to give her help and facilitate the fulfilment of what she had promised agnes remained stupefied with consternation she would have been angry with her for her silence to her mother 
but the more serious thoughts the case itself aroused stifled this personal vexation she would have reproached her for the act but it seemed to her that that would be a murmuring against heaven the more so as lucia began to depict more vividly than ever the horrors of that night the absolute desolation and the unhoped-for deliverance between which the promise had been so expressly so solemnly made and all the while example after example rose to the recollection of the listener which she had often heard repeated and had repeated herself to her daughter of strange and terrible punishments following upon the violation of a vow after a few moments of astonishment she said and what would you do now now replied lucia it is the lord who must think for us the lord and the madonna i have placed myself in their hands they have not forsaken me hitherto they will not forsake me now that the mercy i ask for myself of the lord the only mercy after the salvation of my soul is that he will let me rejoin you and he will grant it to me yes i feel sure he will that day in that carriage o oh, most holy virgin those men who would have told me that they were bringing me to this that they would bring me to join my mother the next day but not to tell your mother of it at once said agnes with a kind of anger subdued by affection and pity oh pity me i had not the heart and what use would it have been to grieve you so long ago and renzo said agnes shaking her head ah exclaimed lucia with a sudden start i must think nothing more of that poor fellow long ago god had not destined see how it appears that it was his will we should be kept asunder and who knows but no no the lord will have preserved him from danger and will make him even happier without me but now you see replied agnes if it were not that you are bound forever for all the rest if no misfortune has happened to renzo i might have found a remedy with so much money but should we have got this money replied lucia if i had not passed through such a night it is the lord who has ordered everything as it is his will will be done and here her voice was choked with tears at this unexpected argument agnes remained silent and thoughtful in a few moments however lucia suppressing her sobs resumed now that the deed is done we must submit to it with cheerfulness and you my poor mother you can help me first by praying to the lord for your unhappy daughter and then that poor fellow must be told of it you know would you see to this and do me also this kindness for you can think about it when you can find out where he is get someone to write to him find a man oh your cousin alicio is just the man a prudent and kind person who has always wished us well and won't gossip and tell tales get him to write the things just as it is where i have been how i have suffered and that god has willed it should be thus and that he must set his heart at rest and that i can never never be anybody's wife 
and tell him of it in a kind and clever way explain to him that i have promised that i have really made a vow when he knows that i have promised the madonna he has always been good and religious and you the moment you have any news of him get somebody to write to me let me know that he is well and then let me never hear anything more agnes with much feeling assured her daughter that everything should be done as she desired there's one thing more i have to say resumed lucia this poor fellow if he hadn't had the misfortune to think of me all that has happened to him never would have happened he's a wanderer in the wide world they've ruined him on setting out in life they've carried away all he had all those little savings he had made poor fellow you know why and we have so much money oh mother as the lord has sent us so much wealth and you look upon this poor fellow true enough as belonging to you yes as your son oh divided between you for most assuredly god won't let us want look out for the opportunity of a safe bearer and send it to him for heaven knows how much he wants it well what do you think replied agnes i'll do it indeed poor youth why do you think i was so glad of this money but i certainly came here very glad so i did well i'll send it to him poor youth but he too i know what i would say certainly money gives pleasure to those who want it but it isn't this that will make him rich lucia thanked her mother for her ready and liberal assent with such deep gratitude and affection as would have convinced an observer that her heart still secretly clung to renzo more perhaps than she herself believed and what shall i a poor solitary woman do without you said agnes weeping in her turn and i without you my poor mother and in a stranger's house and down there in milan but the lord will be with us both and afterwards will bring us together again between eight and nine months hence we shall see each other once more here and by that time or even before it i hope he will have disposed matters to our comfort leave it to him i will ever ever beseech the madonna for this mercy if i had anything else to offer her i would do it but she is so merciful that she will obtain it for me as a gift with these and other similar and oft-repeated words of lamentation and comfort of opposition and resignation of interrogation and confident assurance with many tears and after long and renewed embraces the women tore themselves apart promising by turns to see each other the next autumn at the latest as if the fulfilment of these promises depended upon themselves and as people always do nevertheless in similar cases meanwhile a considerable time passed away and agnes could hear no tidings of renzo neither letter nor message reached her from him and among all those whom she could ask from bergamo or the neighborhood no one knew anything at all about him 
nor was she the only one who made inquiries in vain cardinal federigo who had not told the poor woman merely out of compliment that he would seek for some information concerning the unfortunate man had in fact immediately written to obtain it having returned to milan after his visitation he received a reply in which he was informed that the address of the person he had named could not be ascertained that he had certainly made some stay in such a place where he had given no occasion for any talk about himself but that one morning he had suddenly disappeared that a relative of his with whom he had lodged there knew not what had become of him and could only repeat certain vague and contradictory rumors which were afloat that the youth had enlisted for the levant had passed into germany or had perished in fording a river but that the writer would not fail to be on the watch and if any better authenticated tidings came to light would immediately convey them to his most illustrious and very reverend lordship these and various other reports at length spread throughout the territory of lesio and consequently reached the ears of agnes the poor woman did her utmost to discover what was the true account and to arrive at the origin of this and that rumour but she never succeeded in tracing it further than they say which even at the present day suffices by itself to attest the truth of facts sometimes she had scarcely heard one tale when someone would come and tell her not a word of it was true only however to give her another in compensation equally strange and disastrous the truth is all these rumours were alike unfounded the governor of milan and captain-general in italy don gonzalos fernandez de cordova had complained bitterly to the venetian minister resident at milan because a rogue and public robber a promoter of plundering and massacre the famous lorenzo tramaglino who while in the very hands of justice had excited an insurrection to force his escape had been received and harbored in the bergamanskan territory the minister in residence replied that he knew nothing about it he would write to venice that he might be able to get his excellency any explanation that could be procured on the subject it was a maxim of venetian policy to second and cultivate the inclination of milanese silk weavers to immigrate into the bergamanskan territory and with this object to provide many advantages for them more especially that without which every other was worthless we mean security as however when two great diplomatists dispute in however trifling a matter third parties must always have a taste in the shape of consequences bartolo was warned in confidence it was not known by whom that renzo was not safe in that neighbourhood and that he would do wisely to place him in some other manufacture for a while even under a false name bartolo understood the hint raised no objections explained the matter to his cousin took him with him in a carriage conveyed him to another new silk mill 
about fifteen miles off and presented him under the name of antonio riviolta to the owner who was a native of the melanese and an old acquaintance this person though the times were so bad needed little entreaty to receive a workman who was recommended to him as honest and skilful by an intelligent man like bartolo on the trial of him afterwards he found he had only reason to congratulate himself on the acquisition excepting that at first he thought the youth must be naturally rather stupid because when any one called antonio he generally did not answer soon after an order came from venice in peaceable form to the sheriff of bergamo requiring him to obtain and forward information whether in his jurisdiction or more expressly in such a village such as an individual was to be found the sheriff having made the necessary researches in the manner he saw was desired transmitted a reply in the negative which was transmitted to the minister at milan who transmitted it to don gonzalo fernandez de cordova there was not wanting inquisitive people who tried to learn from bartolo why this youth was no longer with him and where he had gone to the first inquiry he replied nay he has disappeared but afterwards to get rid of the most pertinacious without giving them a suspicion of what was really the case he contrived to entertain them some with one some with another of the stories we have before mentioned always however as uncertain reports which he also had heard related without having any positive accounts but when inquiries came to be made of him by commission from the cardinal without mentioning his name and with a certain show of importance and mystery merely giving him to understand that it was in the name of the, a great personage bartolo became the more guarded and deemed it the more necessary to adhere to his general method of reply nay as a great personage was concerned he gave out by wholesale all the stories which he had published one by one of his various disasters let it not be imagined that such a person as don gonzalo bore any personal enmity to the poor mountain silk weaver that informed perhaps of his irreverence and ill language towards his moorish king chained by the throat he would have wreaked his vengeance upon him or that he thought him so dangerous a subject as to be worth pursuing even in flight and not suffer to live even at a distance like the roman senate with hannibal don gonzalo's had too many and too important affairs in his head to trouble himself about renzo's doings and if it seemed that he did not trouble himself about them it arose from a singular combination of circumstances by which the poor unfortunate fellow without desiring it and without being aware of it either then or even afterwards found himself linked as by a very subtle and invisible chain to these same too many and too important affairs end of chapter twenty six part two